Blog Talk Radio. Well, if you'd make it mandatory, I'd buy it. 
Well, why should something have to be mandatory that could save your life before you buy it? You know how stupid that sounds? I'm just being honest here. I'm, I'm being real. I, I ain't no telling how many times I've heard that. You make it mandatory, I'd buy it. Uh, okay. Uh, that makes about as much sense as, I don't know, driving backwards on a racetrack. But if you check us out on the Fuel Arrestor, RaceSafer Fuel Arrestor, LLC.com, website I built, check us out. Let me know what you think of the website. I have many hours in building it. And, of course, I have Miss Tina, Robbie's wife. Thank you, Miss Tina, for helping me with the website and getting it going. So I didn't do it all by myself. I did a lot of it, but Tina, shout out to Tina. She's smart with that stuff, too, so she helped me out. And i got to give a shout out to Robbie for inventing the Race Safe and Fuel Arrestor. So what it is, it's made of NASA grade material. It's a racing safety device. It fits around the fuel cell of your race car, and if you get in an accident and your fuel cell ruptures, it will soak up your race fuel. Now, it's like anything in racing. It will soak up. Uh, it, it'll take damage like anything in racing, and it will not soak up all your race fuel, but it will soak up a good bit of it. And it's like our good friend Kyle Jinx said, because he ordered one from us for his front-wheel drive car, Shout out to Kyle Jinks and Front Wheel Drive Fridays. Kyle's a good guy. Uh, so Kyle ordered one for his front wheel drive car he's building because he just got in a huge wreck this year and his car barrel rolled his uh, SCDRA front wheel drive Nissan barrel rolled it 18 times. He counted them. And you can go back and watch the video. Outside the Groove magazine wrote an article about him, destroyed his car. He had the best of the best safety equipment in his car. Is why he's alive today, that and God. If it wasn't for God blessing him, he'd be dead right now because that was a scary. I've seen the video several times. It's another car's on-car camera that catches it, but a car clips him in the rear, and he barrel rolls it 18 times. Pretty scary stuff. Totaled the car. It bent the cage a little bit. You can tell he spent money on the best cage you can buy. Uh, you like to ask him the brand name of cages if you're looking for a strong cage. But I believe it was money well wasted or... I can't remember the brand name. You'd have to ask him. But go like Front Wheel Drive Fridays on Facebook. And go like us at Race Safe Fuel Restaurant on Facebook. But Kyle brought up a good point in his video that he did when he got his fuel arrestor. The fuel arrestor gives you time to get out of your race car. It gives you time to unbuckle. Because it takes a minute to get unbuckled and get your helmet and all that stuff off of you. It gives you extra time to get out of the car in the event of a fuel fire or anything like that. And, you know, fuel rest is awesome. NASA grade material. It's got pigment um, inside. It's really, really cool. It's, uh, in my opinion, it's the best fuel safety device on the market. Uh, It's just my opinion. I mean, we're the only ones that have something like this. We've got the patent on it, so it's awesome. We also make one for your uh, fuel pump. We also make fuel sleeve wrap that goes around your fuel sleeves. And if you want it to go all the way to the front of your race car, we can get it as long as you want as long as you want it. You just let us know what size you need for fuel hose and we can wrap your fuel hose and go all the way to the front of your car. Then we also make one for your battery too. And I watched the car battery explode at Deep South Speedway. I think it was Mr. Kevin Saucier this year. His battery exploded in his car. Car caught fire. Thankfully, they got it out. 
And I was talking with him about what happened, and he told me, he said, yeah, that's what happened. The battery exploded. Well, we make one for your battery, too, because not everybody can afford one of these uh, gel-proof six-pack batteries. Uh, so if you have just a standard battery, it can take damage like that and can explode. You don't want to get battery acid all over you. So we can make a fuel arrestor for that, too. Uh, there's all kind of other neat things we can make with the fuel arrestor material. So uh, Robbie's the designer. You got something, uh, let us know uh, what you want for your car. We have, uh, it's pretty cool. Like, you tell us the brand name of your fuel cell. If it's no brand name on there, then, then give us the dimensions is the main thing we need. If it's got a brand name on there, that's good because we can look up on the website of who makes it if they're still in business. And they'll, a lot of times they'll tell you on the website what the dimensions are in the fuel cell. But it's best to measure it and let us know what it measures. does not matter what size fuel cell. Uh, if you're racing go-karts, the smallest go-kart they make, we can make one. Uh, go-karts, stingers, super light models. The one that's the standard size that we, we carry fits a vintage car, uh, street stock, Modified 16 to 22 gallon fuel cell is 3.99. That's a good deal because if you're going like I hear people paying 400 bucks for a zap neck brace, so that's not too expensive. I don't care what you say. Um, then of course you step up. You got your dirt light model, which is 4.99 for a 32 gallon, I believe it is. And then of course you got your asphalt light model version, and it's 5.99 for the asphalt light model. And you can't put a price on safety. I've seen multiple videos and stuff we shared on our Facebook of drivers getting burnt because of fuel fires. And, the, and, and you know, usually the ones that joke about safety are the ones that get hurt. And you joke about fuel fires, then you're going to get burned one day. I hate to say that. I mean, I hope that's not the case. You know, I want everybody to be safe and not get burned, but this... It, just a lot of times, so many people joke about safety and don't take it serious, and they're the ones that get hurt. That's one of my point. So you want to take safety serious. Uh, the fuel arrestor is awesome. Um, I have one I've been taking around to the racetracks and showing off, and I've got videos of what it does, like me showing it off, and then of course my latest video is of Mr. David Little. Uh, shout out to Teresa and David Little. They ordered one. She ordered one for Mr. David's uh, modified, his sport mod. He races at Magnolia Motor Speedway. So he's supposed to be getting his on his car soon. But I took it to him. Didn't have time to put it on, but he went to race. And I got to watch him race at Magnolia, home of the black eyes. So that was cool. And it looks like we got our first guest called in. Let's see if Mr. Dave Chisholm is on the line. <clears throat> Hello there. Is this Dave? Hello? Hello there. Let me make sure this is Dave or Donald Parker. Let's see. Dave. Okay, it must be, must be Donald Parker, so I'll go ahead and get Donald Parker on the line then. Hey, let's see. Hey Jerry. How you doing, Miss How you doing, Mr. Donald? All right, how are you? Man, I'm doing dang near skippy. It can't be no better. 
Yeah, I just got home from the track. I've been working on some lights this afternoon. Oh, that's great. You get everything, get all your lights working? Well, I got, I just had to readjust some where the winds blow them around. Every once in a while, you have to do that. I bet that's a pain in the butt, ain't it? Yeah, just getting set up to do it. So the pain, once you get up in the air, it really don't take that long. Well, that's cool. So for those that, that's listening that don't know, Mr. Donald is the owner of Hattiesburg Speedway, a fine, fine facility. They race every Friday except for during football season. They race Saturday nights. So tell us how the Curtis Burns Memorial went. It went pretty good. Uh, we didn't get to have it last year just just due to scheduling conflict with other racetracks and this and that and just just run out of time last year getting it in. And if we had it, that would have been, I think, the Levis Curtis Burns last year and then we come back this year and and picked it back up I think we had 18 or 19 cars showed up it turned out to be a pretty good race wow that's awesome I bet I bet that was some of the best modified racing you will ever see yes it's generally a pretty good race we went like 15 laps caution free after we got the race started and you know how it is. After you have one caution, it leaves a couple more. But uh, it it turned out to be a pretty good, pretty good race. That's great because I I I enjoy those caution free races. It's just so smooth. I bet the track was super fast, and I didn't really see no complaints on Facebook. So that tells me the drivers enjoyed it. Yeah, the track started out the night really hooked up and as the night went on it just kind of blacked over but it was good and smooth and it was real racy had multiple grooves and uh noah daspit won it we give him he's he's our four-time winner of the curtis burns and jay lucifer wow. was running a close, close second to him and he's a he was last year or the last curtis burns race winner that we had and uh prior to Noah winning this last one he was tied with three wins with Ben Stevens. We got some pretty oh, good name cool. modified drivers of past winners. That's awesome. Well I I tell you what, I gotta give a shout out to Jay Lusenberg, his dad and Miss Julia. They came on the show last week. Super, super good people and I'm glad they got to race because I knew I knew they was excited about it, and that's pretty cool. He finished second because that that Noah Nesbitt's hard to beat. <clears throat> yeah, Jay broke with about five laps oh, to go, man. and uh, I think he had some some kind of transmission problems, and he had to come out of the race. But before that, it was a it, it was a pretty good pretty good race between them two. Man, for sure. that's a- that's a buzzard look right there. <laughs> well, did y'all have a... We, uh, sir, what was your... T- sir? You did what now? I said, and then we come up and had a, a jam-up good crate race right after that, and I think it went caution-free, green and checkered. Wow, so who won that one? Chase Cooper. 
Oh, yeah, Chase Cooper, he's a good one. I've seen him race him many a times. Yep. Yep, we had a good field of crate cars. Uh, we actually had a good field of cars in every class last Friday night. We just, the reason we switched to Saturdays is car count's been, been decent on us and can't really complain about car count on Fridays, but the fan count's been been awful low last couple Fridays since football started, so we're switching yeah. over to Saturday start, starting this weekend. I tell you what, I, I like football. Well, I like high school football. I could care less about college or NFL. I love high school football, but I'm always going to pick racing over football. Racing is just a thousand times better, in my opinion. Well, you got a lot of race fans that like racing, but then they got kids that play football, grandkids, nephews, and cousins, and stuff like that that they got to go support and. Uh, you know, football this year started about three three weeks earlier than it has any any other time ever, and it just caught us off guard. Oh, that sucks. <clears throat> well, I and tell you what, one thing early and earlier every year. And one thing I have noticed that I like about Hattiesburg is is the the roasted corn. And then another thing I want to hit on also, like you just said, school starts earlier and earlier. I think that's so stupid in my opinion because, like, when I was growing up, like, I'm 38, and I can remember when school was starting after my birthday, which is August 19th. And then it started getting earlier and earlier, started on my birthday the 19th. I'm like, gum. And now where I'm at, it's like you might as well have you might as well have year round school if you're just gonna keep going up and up like that. That's nuts. We used to when I was in school, we never went back to school till after Labor Day. Wow, we that's never awesome. started school after after Labor Day, and and used to when we first started racing, our race season ended Labor Day weekend. Labor Day weekend would be our last race of the season, and it would always be a big big championship race on Labor Day weekend and that would that would be the end of the season. You know, we don't have race wow. seasons no more. Used to race season would start at the end of March, first of April and run to the Labor Day and we'd shut it down and everybody go deer hunting and you know, get prepared for Thanksgiving and the holidays and then you know, you have some downtime but there ain't no downtime in racing no more and in my opinion that's kind of the the downfall for racing is we don't have no downtime no more for people yeah, to regroup. Yeah. And I, I'm going to eventually, eventually get me a car, get me a little singer car is what I'm going to eventually get. But I, I like racing. Like, I don't care how cold it is. I'm going to be at the racetrack. But I also see your point how it kills it because – you got to have time to rebuild your car if you got damage to it. Get it ready for next season, freshen it up, whatever you got to do. And a lot of that stuff takes time, especially if you're a driver that doesn't have a lot of money, doesn't have a big budget. So you have to kind of spread it out. But it's not just that. You you burn everybody out, you know. If you know yes. you're going to start at the end of end of March, 1st of April, and you know it's going to end in, in uh first weekend of September, 
you're going to race all you can in a few months because, you know, once it's over, it's over. And, right. You know, once we was over in our Labor Day weekend, the next next thing we had to look forward to was we'd all gear up and get ready to go to Fall Classic. And sometimes we'd be through racing a full month and a half before the Fall Classic, and it was just a big shindig to go to the Fall Classic every year, you know, after being oh, out so. for, that, for that long. And that made the, mm-hmm. the Fall Classic that much more special. Wow, that's that's cool. Yeah, I, I go to the yep. Fall Classic, and that's a big, big race. Yep. But now we everybody races right up to the Fall Classic, right on through the Fall Classic, right on into the first of the year. It really it really ain't when you think about it. So I know you're a racer, so I wanna ask you so so since this is a safety podcast, um what is your biggest things in safety that you like to preach on safety? Your biggest things you wish drivers would do or whatever? Just pay attention to their surroundings, and uh, uh, I'm I'm real big on on not as much as performance as I am safety. I think the the chassis being built for safety becomes before performance, and uh, and people get that's that the way it mixed up. Exactly, yep. that's the way it should be. People cut corners on safety just to get a little more speed. But when you laid up in oh. a hospital for something, you can't go back and, and man, I wish I'd have did it a little different. But That's right. But people people are willing to take that chance sometimes. And it's it's like the Bible says, you're not promised tomorrow. And I know, you know, like I was talking about earlier with the fuel arrestor, like I like, you wouldn't believe, and I'm sure you hear a lot of excuses, but, like, I hear so many excuses on safety products. Like like gloves, for instance. Well, I can't pull my tear off. It's like, no, you can redneck rig away. I've, I've like, like my buddy Daniel Sullivan, his dad was telling me, Tim Sullivan, was telling me the way he does his tear offs was, because he's a dirt driver, and he takes his gloves and folds that tear off enough to where he can grip it with that glove and pulls it off, no problem. But if you don't wear gloves, well, if you get burned, well, don't come back and tell me. Well, and you, you was right. Well, too late now. And then, and then, yeah. like the the fuel the fuel arrestor with fuel safety. One of the things I've heard this a bunch of times. Well, if you'd make it mandatory, I'd buy it. I said, well, why should something that would save your life be mandatory before you buy it? That sounds stupid to me. <clears throat> yeah. Well, enough. First got the track. I had racing gloves, window nets, and neck neck braces all mandatory. And I had some racers say, "I ain't wearing gloves. I ain't doing this." So I said, "Fine." And I, I highly recommend. And you know, and you you choose choose your own safety on it. But you know. I never liked wearing gloves when I first was forced to wear them, but I got used to them. Then after I got used to them, I felt naked without gloves. Yeah. Same same difference with the neck brace. When we first was forced to wear neck braces, I couldn't stand it. And then if I went out without a neck brace on, I felt naked without it. It's just what you get used to. Yeah. 
And I I mean, people will come up any excuse under the sun to cut corners and not be safe. I want to win the race. I'm running this and this and points. It's like, look, points ain't going to do you a bit of good in the hospital or six feet under the ground. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like when I first had got the track, you know, a Pier Street class, the weight rule when I got the track and, and adapted the rules that I had, cars had to weigh 3,500, 3,400 pounds. So the first thing I did is I cut that weight limit down to 3,000. And I says, take the money you're going to save on buying lead and spend it on safety equipment. And uh, uh-huh. I couldn't get uh, other tracks on board with me to lower the weight limit. So I had to move the weight limit back up. But but lead at a minimum of $2 a pound, You if you, if you cut a guy 300 pounds, that's a pretty good bit of freed up money. That they can buy yeah. something safety-wise. Exactly, I agree with that. I'm, I am 100% on board with that. Yeah, because some of these cars are toting five, six hundred pounds. They don't need to be toting that much. It's bulked on lead. Uh, yeah, that's a lot of lead. Good. I mean, yeah, and, and and like, like I hear all kinds of stuff. Uh, like. I don't know. I, I I think gloves should be mandatory. All the safety stuff should be mandatory. It's sad that you have to make something mandatory before somebody would buy it. I mean, that, that just tells you how much people care about their life or care about their family or safety, whatever, you know. Yeah. Well, it's just like one time, and this has been since I got ran over at the track, you know, and I didn't plan on getting run over. Uh I come home from working out of town. I wasn't at the racetrack 45 minutes before I got run over. And that's the last thing I thought was going to happen. And it changed my life from that, that moment on. It, it altered my life from that wow. that instant. And, and it gave you then, a different perspective. Well, since then, I don't like no more personnel on the racetrack than has to be. And, I really, I don't like a driver on a racetrack at all for no reason. I don't like a driver on the racetrack whatsoever, no matter what their excuse is, other than a car on fire. There's no reason their feet should hit the ground. And, yeah. Uh, but I had a racer come up to me one night, was packing the track, and the cars wasn't, wasn't rolling it in good. And a driver rolled up to me and hollered at me, said, hey, you're going to have to get out here and force us down in the mud if you want this track rolled in. And I told him, I said, you're all grown men. I ain't sending no personnel out there to get run over. We're going to race on the track that y'all prep for yourself. It's y'all's racetrack to race on. Uh-huh. But that's, that's, that's the kind of mentality a racer has. You know, they, <laughs> they come up there and tell me, I got to get out there and force them down in the mud. You know, yeah, isn't that stupid? Telling you, I mean, you're the owner. That, that's like, that's like, that's like telling our crazy president that that you know, telling him what to do. <laughs> yeah, but that's not the point. You know, I, I, they should have enough common sense to see what needs to be done. They're all exactly. supposed to be grown men and racers. They should know what to do. Because I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of. I hate one groove racing, and I can't stand it when I see. 
when I see drivers, all they race is the bottom. They don't move to the top. They don't, you know, I mean, I, I just don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, and drivers, they need to learn to to work the whole, you know, racetrack, like you said, that way they can have multiple grooves instead of just one. Well, I, I try to roll the track in myself for the most part because, I don't like the cars out there in the sloppy mud. So usually when I bring the cars out anyway, the track's about 85% rolled in, if not 90% rolled in before I bring the cars out anyway, just to just to slick it off for the most part. Because so, I like to do majority of the track packing myself. So That's cool. That's cool. Because I want a multi-groove track. That's great. Well, I tell you what, the times I've been to Hattiesburg, I've enjoyed it. Uh, I love going. I just wish I didn't live so, two hours away. And uh, I I love Ron Southern. Ron Southern, is he is awesome. He has done a lot for me. And then and then I thank the world of him and you and Ernie and everybody up there. I just love going to Hattiesburg. <clears throat> well, I appreciate that. Uh, I think we we are Parade our racetrack with probably less personnel than than any racetrack around. It ain't by choice. It's just all the personnel we we can we can round up. It's it's difficult. Every week we got you know one, two, to even three people still on a weekly deal don't show up. And we just have to work around it. But uh, it's so, hard to get help. You know. So this is what we'll do. So anybody that's listening to the show, one, I want you to share the show and tell your friends about it because the more people listening, the better because I don't know who's listening and who ain't. I'll see the stats later. But when you share this show, also talk with people and find people that want to work at Hattiesburg Speedway. Great place to work, Mr. Donald. He needs workers to help at that racetrack because it's not easy. If you want to get a race in, in a timely manner, have a good track, have good food, everything, then then find somebody that'll want to work at the racetrack and, and message Mr. Donald or call him and he'll get you set up with a position. Yeah, it's just one of them things, you know, this person gets sick one night and then another person, a kid gets sick. It ain't nothing you know, most time it's out of people's control, but right. you know, we just generally work through it. Well, that's cool. Um, so, is there any sponsors you want to thank before I go on to the next guest? Uh, that's easy. Hattiesburg Speedway. Oh, okay. Well, look, if anybody wants to sponsor Hattiesburg <laughs> Speedway, you get with Mr. Donald because that is the perfect advertising opportunity because you got thousands of fans that will see your business name all over the racetrack and all over their both their two Facebook pages. So hit up Mr. Donald and uh, sponsor that racetrack. We'd love to see a local business sponsor him. <clears throat> With that being said, next weekend we got our 8th uh, eighth, eighth annual 8th annual Dixie 50. With the Pierce Ooh, Creek, now that's a, that's a race of which races. Is, which is also we included it to be our Mitchell Williams Memorial Race, and 
And with that being said, I, I'm going to do an open practice on Friday night. And I'm not accustomed to doing a practice, but we are going to do an open practice Friday night for anybody that wants to come practice. And oh, that's I'm, great. I'm putting, I'm putting together something special for the Pier Street guys. That's that's going to be real rewarding to them. And I'm going to be putting a post out <clears throat> maybe tonight or early in the morning what that's going to be about. But trust me, it's going to be big. Well, that's it's, right. It's going, to oh. be, it's going to be rewarding to come practice. That's awesome. Well, y'all be sure and tune in. Follow Mr. Donald on Facebook. Um Go and watch his post and watch Hattiesburg Speedway's post, and he'll have it on there because he's pretty good about posting on social media. Now, that is one thing I'm big on is posting on social media because the thing that bothers me, and I see it all the time, and I, I ain't going to name no tracks because I don't, I don't talk bad about tracks, but I see a lack of social media posts on your Facebook pages, and that's where all your fans are going to be watching if you don't post on social media, if you don't engage with your fans, if you don't keep them updated, because Facebook's got a lot of tools that people ain't using, and it's just bad advertising for your racetrack when you don't keep your pages updated. And I see a lot of stuff, and I'm like, really? That's crazy. But if you see Hattiesburg, it's either Don, uh, I mean Ron, or um, Mr. Parker there advertising and they do a good job keeping up with advertising and promoting their races and yeah with that being said jared it's really important i i i hate to keep asking people to help us share posts but with the way facebook is now if people don't help us share posts there's not that many people sees it because facebook has got us limited to a certain amount of people and and the only way we can get stuff out to where more public people can see it, we need other people to help us share because they got everybody's circle a lot smaller than it used to be. So exactly. So to, that is that is exactly so for, the truth right there. So, so for people to see advertisement or anything to do with a racetrack or anything, when a racetrack posts something, help them share it because – we we need that help to get it out even further because we're all we're we're limited to how how many people can see what we posted. Uh, and you know, making it harder and harder to to advertise. So so one more quick thing to mention about that is it doesn't cost anything to share. It's super easy, <clears throat> and another good tool that people either don't know about or just don't use, whatever. When you share the post, not only don't just click share and just share a blank post. When you share it, put your caption on it and say, hey, come to Hattiesburg Speedway. And also it gives you an option where you click a little, it's a little blue people icon and you click it and you can go through the line and tag people in it. Tag them ABC order if you want to. I, I usually tag 100 people a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And when you share it, then they'll get the notification that was tagged in this, and they'll say, oh, that's Hattiesburg Speedway. Well, I need to go there. Let me tell so-and-so. Because word of mouth and social media is a huge tool that can be used for wrestling. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Because I've went through my, uh, what is it, messenger group. 
before, yes. and I, I've I've shared it to hundreds of people just on my messenger, whether they're racing people or not. You'll be surprised at the people that come to the races that that ordinarily is not race fans, just because. And see, that's a good them. idea too. That's a good idea too. Send it in messenger because people, because it shows you in messenger whether somebody reads your message or not. And you'll send it, and and you'll get it'll do a little pop noise when they see it, and show their picture that they've seen it, and say, "There you go. There's another advertisement for race track." And so, uh, well, thank you for coming on. If you want to uh, still listen, or if you want to chime in with the next guest, but I got Dave Chisholm coming up next, and I thank you for coming on, Mr. Donald. All right, and I just want to, before we get off, invite. Many Pier Street factory stock guys that would like to come run with us. And like I said, keep an eye out what we're going to do for that Friday night because the Pier Street guys are wanna, going to want to be a part of this. Okay, well, come down to the Dixie 50. Let me tell you, folks, I've been there for the Dixie 50. It's right at R for Redneck, and as Chris says, right at R for racing. It's well worth the drive to Hattiesburg Speedway, Hattiesburg, Mississippi. You can't miss it. Put it on your GPS. Go down there because the Dixie 50 is the race of races for the Pure Street and the factory stock guys. Yeah. And it's probably one of the raciest racetracks you'll you'll come to. Well, that's great. Well, that's great. All right, let's see if we can pull Dave Chisholm on. All right, and have a good night. Well, thank you, Mr. Donald. We'll see you later. All right. So that was Donald Parker, the owner of Hattiesburg Speedway. I'm telling you, he is super, super awesome, super awesome guy. So let's give him a round of applause. Thank you for coming on, Mr. Donald. So what's up, Dave Chisholm? How you doing? Man, doing all right, Jared. How's it going, buddy? Man, I'm doing dang near skippy. God has blessed me with an awesome, awesome day. So I can't, can't complain. That's cool. So how you been? Man, been doing better. Uh, enjoying a little bit of a cooler temperature last day or two and looking forward to more cool days and a little more racing and uh, not not having to hide from the sun and the heat so much. Uh, get outside and enjoy it, yeah. Let me tell you, it, it, it's been hotter than a billy goat with a blowtorch. It's it's been hotter than a rusty chainsaw in a pawn shop, and That's right. I mean, it can't get no more hotter than a rusty chainsaw in a pawn shop. Let me tell you, buddy, because lay I was at Deep South Speedway a few weeks ago, I think it was, or whenever, and the heat index was like 105, and I was sweating like a bad guy trying to tell the truth. <laughs> Man, I know what you mean. We we went down to Pike County and. Uh, and luckily, we we was uh, as far back in the pits as you could get, and there was a nice little creek that ran back there, and the water temp was 70 degrees. So we spent every available minute spare that we had down into that creek for the, the whole weekend. <laughs> it's a good thing you didn't see a snake. <laughs> no, nah, that's right. Yeah, we didn't see any snakes. Hey, that, that creek's an awesome place to be at a racetrack, let me tell you, because... Like, I, I can just imagine a big old billy goat with a blowtorch up there at the racetrack, and it's just about, like, deep south, they had to cancel one of their races because it was just too hot. The track, like, 
I don't blame them. I'd have done the same thing. They did the right call. No, them track workers. That, it was like one ten heat index. Man, them track workers would have passed out. Heat exhaustion. You don't want to get a heat stroke. You know. Yeah, and then you got uh, you got your racers in, in you know fire suits and no mechs with helmet, gloves, neck brace, boots, and you know Ooh. inside of a, a you know like a, a little oven in race cars anyway with with all the heat coming directly up you know all around you and uh, oh, plus man. your track you know there's no way to keep moisture in the track when it's that when it's that hot and uh, it's just it's just too hot for anything. It is, and you know the only way that would make it worth it, and and I don't care how cold it is, I'm going to a dirt track race. I remember going to the Bull Ring, Clawson Speedway one year for the track championship. Their final race it was in November every year, and it was 45 degrees. I mean, it was colder than a cast iron toilet on the shaded side of an iceberg. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. Yeah. And look, yeah, I enjoyed no, uh, it. A lot you, of people's like, "Oh, it's too cold." No, it ain't. <laughs> No, it ain't never too cold. You can put more on, but once you take everything off and you're still hot and suffering, that's as far as you can go. You know? <laughs> exactly, because like yeah. I, I don't, I don't mind cold weather. I hate summertime. I hate the hot weather. The only re- reason I like summertime is dirt track racing, and then when I can go to asphalt racing, that's the only time yeah, I like summertime. Yeah. Other than that, they can have it. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. You know, Columbus for years had the uh, Winter Classic, which was like in January. And uh, I've been I've been down there when it was like, you know, in the 30s, and uh, your bottle of water and stuff be freezing up on you. But uh, you know, the the engines run uh, run better in the cooler air. It's a uh, uh, tracks able to, to hold the moisture. Uh, it's just uh, it's way better than than suffering from uh, being too hot. Yeah, cause, cause like like where I work at, it's it's on like hotter than a nanny walking through a pe- pepper patch. And both rows don't describe it. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> look, I'm gonna take a nanny goat, and drop him off in a pepper patch, and I'm gonna video him eating it. That way, I can say I finally seen it. But uh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but basically, like you know, talking about like the heat, you don't want to get a heat stroke because uh, one of the things I didn't know till recently, like I get I get hot really, I sweat real bad, and I drink water like a fish. And me too. Like, like uh, one of the things I was told is, you know, you're about to have a heat stroke and get dehydrated when you stop sweating. And exactly. I had no idea. And I always knew Gatorade and stuff with, with electrolytes helped you, but water was the best thing. But I didn't know. When you stop sweating, I was like, "Oh man, that's scary." Exactly. Yep. I I had a small one uh about a about three weeks ago. Uh, yeah, I got I was drinking and uh, regularly, and I just got too hot, and uh, I noticed uh I started getting uh you know like some cramps, and uh, then I noticed that uh I had quit sweating, so Uh-oh. I called it a day then, and uh, went and got rest, and then drank. It's like if you drink a Gatorade or a Powerade or, you know, electrolyte, it's like you drink one of them and then you're supposed to drink like two bottles of water, you know, and not just drink Gatorades back to back. But uh, it's, uh, I mean, you it comes out of you about as fast as you can pour it, pour it down your throat, you know, in, in, here in Mississippi, Alabama. Yeah, and, you know, like here's a scary in- incident that happened. 
So everybody knows the, uh, or around this area anyways, like Deep South Speedway area, uh, Tri-County area, we had a driver uh, named Chandler Shaw who passed away, and they do a memorial race for him every year called the Forever 51, and his number was the 51 car. And I won't never forget, the only two times I've ever met him was back when I was still doing photography in the infield at Deep South. Uh, Chandler won both nights of the Duels and Dixie race and was awesome. And he was so happy. He's like, man, I hadn't raced here in many, many years, and I'm looking forward to coming back next season. And he was so nice to me, and he was so happy. And I remember getting his picture both nights at Victory Lane, and he was grinning like a possum. And and then that Sunday, uh, uh, he passed away. And the story was his best friend, Bo, uh, went and saw Chandler's vehicle at his house and knocked on the door and wondered why it was still there Monday. He's like, why ain't Chandler at work? And he went in there and and he found him found him dead in his chair. And what happened was, from my understanding, I hope I'm telling the story right, I don't want to butcher it, but like he was cutting grass that day, that Sunday, and got too hot and came in to cool off. And when he sat down to, to cool off, the the shock from the air hit him it sent him in shock and he had a heat stroke and passed away and yep. that's a ser- that's a serious thing to think about at the racetrack you don't want to get too hot you got to stay hydrated exactly yeah and uh you know a heat stroke like arthritis it, it don't uh it don't discriminate on age you could be a young healthy uh in shape you know person and uh and you still you know could end up just like uh Chandler did it was Bo Slade that found him, right? Yes, it was. Yeah, I remember. I remember that. Uh, uh, my that father was in '73. Was... Uh, he, I, I remember my dad. Had, he was working in the garden one one afternoon. He got too hot, and he come in the house to get him a cup of coffee and cool off. And uh, he had a he had a massive heart attack. And uh, from like from it was uh, heat and stress related. But uh, the doctor told him. That the cup of coffee is a stimulant, I guess. The caffeine is what what it actually had saved his life till they got him into the hospital. Wow! And I wow, had a, a couple buddies. Uh, one of them, uh, he was a boat mechanic, and he just didn't just got to feeling bad and said he was going to go home and uh, call it an early day and, and rest and come back the next day. And just like you said, he went home and and got in the house, cooled off in his uh, recliner, and never got back out of it. Yep. Golly, and it, it, it's it's like the Bible says, you ain't promised tomorrow. That's right. Yep. You know, you you're you're pretty much invincible until your appointed time. But nobody, you know, I I haven't never seen you know a, a slip with a time or date on it. So never know. You know. That's right. Only you only God knows take, when it's our time. Yep. Yeah. Don't don't need to go home or go to bed with grudges or, or you know or 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 mad or whatever, don't need to take anything for granted for sure. Exactly. Um, so so tell us about your racing and your son's racing. Of course, you race at the MAG, the home of the Black Eyes, Magnolia Motor Speedway. <clears throat> yeah, uh, well, we, we race there. Uh, that's... The Mag and uh, the Columbus Speedway, both tracks here in Columbus are uh, pretty much what we consider a, a home track. You know, we're 30, 45 minutes from them, and uh, 
why not is uh, a couple hours, Hattiesburg's four, four and a half, you know. So, uh, actually, my son started uh, started his car racing. He had a couple little stints. Uh, he used to get in mine when he, when he was about 12 or 13 or 14 and uh, packed a track and do a little hot rodding out there. And uh, so, you know, he raced go-karts as a kid and uh, tried to keep him in the go-karts, you know, to to give him something to do with uh, other like-minded folks and, and try to keep them off the streets and out of trouble. And, you know, and thing about, you know, like cars and go-karts, it, it, you use a lot of uh, basic math, geometry, physics, science and all that. And, uh, you know, when you get out there and working on them as kids with your parents instead of and getting your hands on them, you know, like with a tape measure and different things, you, you actually – start learning ratios and fractions and, and and you see how it's relatable instead of just looking at a chalkboard and wondering you know what will i use them for and you, and kids usually generally you'll see a an improvement across the board in their school grades you know that kids that are involved in racing but uh he raced for go, he, he raced the go-karts yeah yes sir it, it is good plus you know you learn uh sportsmanship and and you know, good morals and, and make new friends and it gives you something to do, you know, on weekends and, and keeps you off the streets, keeps you, uh, you know, off the couch with the video game controller every weekend. And That's right. You know, and the thing with go-karts, you know, if you, if you don't get the kids started racing, you know, at a young age, involved in it you know it's one of these you know one of these days you're going to be looking at the grid for you know your next class of cars to come out and there's going to be very few or, or none because you know it's the kids just really you know I, I sat there and watched them at the track for for years you know their grandmother and grandpa raced and mom and daddy and aunt and uncle and all the kids stand there hugging the fence you know and waiting until they could get old enough and then i'm like man you know it ain't fair because I'm a sort of like a little kid too, and and I could sympathize with them. I'm like everybody gets a race except the kids, and uh, thank goodness mm-hmm. you know like Johnny Stokes and Brad and, and and several more, you know, you know they realize that you got to have that got to have that feeding that little stream of uh you know racers coming on up and uh, start them young. So you know that, exactly. that helps you know helps the sport and, and uh you know the future of it because they they are the future. And but the you know, I is, didn't. Yeah, I love go karts. Go go ahead, Jerry. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I love go karts and like the kids. Like when I was growing up, I didn't know nothing about this stuff. Like like NASCAR has always been my favorite, and I've been a NASCAR fan since I was since Moby Dick was a sardine, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was that was way back when. <laughs> So I'm, right, I'm 38 yeah. now. So I, my youngest memory of NASCAR is 1990. I remember the kid getting some toys, and it was a Quaker State car of, uh, oh shoot, not Rut, not Rutman, but uh, Bodine, oh, Jeff Bodine uh, and Brett. Oh yeah, Bodine. Jeff Bodine. Yeah. Yep. And and I think it was Brett that was sponsored by Quaker State, and Jeff was the other car, and our. I remember them, and then Ricky Rudd, my all-time favorite, next to Michael Waltrip, and I, like I've, I watch all kind of racing. It don't matter what it is, but they didn't have like, I didn't know about these these kids classes or anything when I was growing up, or I'd have been the happiest little redneck kid on the block. 
Like I, I I'd <laughs> been like a fat kid getting cake on his birthday. I'd have been pushing people out the way. <laughs> exactly. But like, yeah. But like here, have you seen the junior slingshot class they have here? I've saw a few posts, uh, you know, of of it, and uh, of course I've seen, you know, some twelve and thirteen year old kids out there with uh, seven, eight hundred horsepower late models and open wheels and whatnot, you know, uh, just uh, you know, some some yeah. some people, some some kids are just having, you know, that natural uh, ability and talent for you know for that type of uh, racing and. And can yeah. can handle you know the horsepower and then and then they're all they like all they lack is experience you know and and learning yeah. you know the curve and not making rookie mistakes but and but so, yeah, you know it's like, good to, like yeah and it's good for the kids to learn and like for instance so here the junior slingshots it all it is is like a it looks like a light model in a way but it's got a weird design it's a guy named Rich Tobias who owns the company Tobias Slingshot. And then he's got the patent on it, so nobody else, there's no other race car builders that can build these cars, only Tobias Slingshot, because he's got the patent on it, and he won't release it, which is, you know, I, I understand it, I guess. And yeah. uh, so so he sells them, and you can buy from one of his dealers. And all these cars are, they run a Briggs and & Stratton lawnmower motor, and they run a either a two-barrel or a one-barrel carburetor. And with the two-barrel, at one time, Mr. Tobias was telling everybody that the junior slingshots down here on northwest Florida Speedway, Tri-County, and Southern, they were saying that the junior slingshots were running faster times than the ones running asphalt up north. And, they, and, and they'll even have adult divisions of this class. It, it, it don't matter. If you can fit in that car, you can race. But here, it's just the yep. kids mostly. They used to have an adult division. And then, uh, um, my understanding, the mother and daughter got out of it, so then it became the kids. But And then they said the two-barrel was too fast, so they took the two-barrel off, and now they race a one-barrel. But but them cars are running 50, 60 miles an hour on a dirt track. Oh, yeah. That, that sounds uh, like the, uh, uh, the Sharp Mini late models. It was basically the same thing, like a... Uh, like a maybe a I don't know what scale it would be, but you know a min a miniature looking late model with the body and little cage and all that, and uh, they ran they run uh, they run like uh, I think the GX three ninety Honda thirteen horse adults, and then they run like uh, a Predator for the kids, and uh, I mean they look just like wow. a little late model, and uh, they they run them at Talladega, um, and that's the that's the one that that Cash Wilson. Owns and sells, yeah. right? Yeah, that's right. I believe yeah, you're those right. Are, yeah, those are quick little cars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, how's your son looking at points? Well, let's see. This year, uh, I think he secured the uh, uh, street stock uh, track championship at Magnolia the other night. He was ahead of Lee wow. by 32 points, I think, and then. Uh, he, finished, he finished seventh, so I believe he, he I believe he still got him with eighteen or twenty points or so. And this is his first year in street stock. Uh, he got out of the go karts. We we, uh, we ran state series for years when Laura Pender and Johnny Brady uh, started uh, doing the go kart deal. And I actually, when they started, I was the very first sponsor uh, on their first race at Starfall. It was an indoor race and. 
I called Johnny and I want I didn't want to sponsor the adults, you know, the big kids and adults, and uh, so I <clears throat> sponsored the the rookie red plates, the five to eight year olds, and we ran that series uh, with Johnny and Laura from I think 2010 up until 2017 or 18, I think, and when they finally had ended their series, and and uh, we done a lot of racing with them. Uh, we uh. We formed a Mississippi group of the Unlimited All-Stars, which is basically, you know, uh, the standard go-kart with uh, you're allowed up to 510 cc's of a a four-stroke engine or 275, I think maybe now the rules change, a 300 cc uh, two-stroke. And uh, we could run uh, the side panels and wings, aeropole wings and all that for uh, downforce and, uh, and, uh, and side uh side force uh keep you in the corners of uh, and we run uh all the little tracks that we could we ran uh Hattiesburg. my brother-in-law actually uh in 2016 we was there he ran a 13 785 and and uh they said that was the fastest lap of anything that had ever been around Hattiesburg up to that point until uh Tony Stewart wow. and I think the USAC or whatever come by the next year and of course they ran down in the twelves or whatever. Uh Ooh. we ran why not? Uh we ran both tracks in Columbus. Uh we tried to get all the car tracks, you know, at one point or another because to a go kart it's a super speedway <laughs> like a Daytona or Talladega is for NASCAR and uh we held the the Grand Nationals uh at Why Not in twenty sixteen and we had uh, 54 or 55 go-karts from uh, shoot, Pennsylvania, Florida, all the way from uh, the state of Washington. And, uh, in fact, I think the guy from Washington ended up winning the, the, the national race we held. And, and then, once again, my brother-in-law, uh, he, he, I've raised, me and him, we've raced together. That's my partner, C&H. Uh, he's just, uh, he just done them naturally good good drivers, you know, and, of course, he was always a little smaller and lighter than me, so he could, he could edge me out when it comes to the weight issues. <laughs> but he uh wow. he set the record for go karts at Why Not at thirteen five one zero in uh, twenty fourteen. Wow. I think it was. You know, late wow. model gets around at around twelve nine or so. But, so uh-huh. with unlimited all stars, the senior class, you're looking at a horsepower to weight ratio. That's uh, pretty pretty similar to uh, you know a 2350 pound late model with 800 horsepower. You're in a go kart 400, 375, 400, 425 pounds with uh, 80 to 100 horsepower. You know. Wow. So, and then well, uh, one thing we come up with uh, we come up with the rules for and uh, started a, another junior unlimited all star in 2015, and uh, so it's it's still uh, growing and uh, spreading and. We have the juniors, which is age 13 to 17, uh, nationals. Awesome. The same day we have our senior nationals, which is, it gets moved around from region to region, you know, every year. Last year was Georgia. year before that, I think, well, I went to Spokane, Washington the year before. 2,200-mile uh, one way for the go-kart race. And, and uh, wow. I got to go to uh, – well, basically, uh, it's, it's Hunter's Town Speedway, but it's right next to Gettysburg Battlefield in Pennsylvania uh, next weekend, wow. the 15th and 16th. So that's an 800-plus mile trip. And I think next year we're looking at Southern California, but 
And so, you know, it's like the Unlimited All-Stars is the it's the top-tier class in go-karts. It's the, you know, it's the fastest go-karts on dirt. Um, you got uh, you got to get approved. You actually get a, issued a you, uh, Unlimited All-Star license. And uh, so then you got to, you know, you got to mind your P's and Q's and, we're we're super big. Like safety, safety is, is is number one. You know, top priority. That's great. Um, you know, because the speeds that we reach, you know, is is just insane. You know, half inch, five eighths off the ground, no roll bars, no seat belts. Ooh. You know, just just hanging on, and uh, you know, you're looking at twenty. You know, twenty carts on the track at four hundred plus pounds. You know, so if something happens up front, you know, it, it could get ugly. And, and I've only ever been I've only ever been to a few kart races. One I, that I can remember, I got invited by my friend James Malloy. I don't know if you know him, but uh, James's daughter has always raced in the go karts. And this was back when Oak Grove Motor Speedway was open over there in Baker, Florida. And sadly, uh, Dylan, who had Oak Grove Motorsports Park, had to close it because. They were having people stealing from the racetrack. There was a bunch of items that were stolen, and and it's sad that it's stupid people like that. I just want to, I just want, yep. I just want to give my Chuck Norris roundhouse kick to the face. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> that and that and, and, and just vandalism, you know, tearing stuff up for pure meanness, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah, and so this racetrack is not even five minutes. Northwest Florida Speedway, where I go, uh, where I go to watch, because Northwest Florida Speedway is quarter mile track. Well, Elk Grove Motorsports Park is big enough to where you could race stingers, full size cars on there. But it was they raced go karts on there, and I, and I went there for the big memorial race because I'm, you know, I work with the Southern Dirt Track Report, so I went up there. I got invited up there by James. And I videoed the races, I believe, and I took pictures. Actually, I know I took pictures. I went there, and I interviewed Dylan, which was cool, real good guy. And they had, like, I don't know a lot about go-kart racing, but they had, and it was raining that day, and it was muddy. Like, you had to have a four-wheel drive just to get into the racetrack. Like, like my two-wheel drive escape I was in, it was doing all it could because it flooded that day. Well, even though it flooded... They had 90-something go-karts, and they had, like, 60-something go-karts in that memorial race. And it was a memorial race for the, I uh, can't remember the, the brother's name, but his two brothers at race, and one of them died, and he got, he got shot, a gunshot. And they did the memorial race for him. And I have never witnessed anything like, like that go-kart. They had 60-something carts for that one feature. It was unbelievable, wow. and I was impressed. And then, of course, either last year or the year before, they had to close the racetrack. Uh, but talking safety in go-karts, do you know any go-kart drivers or a, a series or a class that would be interested in getting a fuel arrestor made for their fuel cell or the go-kart? I've been, uh, yeah, I've been... Uh thinking that thinking that over and uh you know looking at my carts and and you know coming up with ideas and all uh it it definitely uh it definitely you know i mean like you said earlier uh you know you, you don't need to skimp when it comes to safety and you shouldn't be forced or make something mandatory you know it's the same concept where people go they'll get them four new tires and 
and buy them, you know, this, that, and other for the car and all that, and then, you know, get them a 20 or $30 helmet out from a yard sale, you know. Exactly. Yeah, but, uh, it's, one of those deals, now, when, it's one of those deals you pay for what you buy. You pay for what you get. Exactly. Now, when, they, when we all raced the Briggs and Stratton's uh, flatheads, of course, you know, the engines mount on the rear, just like they are now, but the Briggs and Stratton's held the fuel tank right on top of the of the engine so it it was wow. in a bad place you know and actually i had a fuel tank burst on me and i got uh second third degree burns of uh, 20 25 percent of my body got airlifted by helicopter Ooh. to uab and uh it was it was wow. methanol i couldn't couldn't see it burn i just seen my clothes and suit just uh turning orange and melting off of me and, Finally, I rolled around on the ground until it, enough of it was put out, and uh, so I didn't even know it. But when you get burned, they have a mathematical formula where they take your health condition and I guess your blood pressure, your age, and all these factors, and, and then they put it in a computer, and it gives your chance of uh, your survival rate. They come in there and told me I had a 50% chance of living, and I sort of like bull crab <laughs> I have a 100% chance I'm going to live you know as long as you you know infection is the worst thing but uh, but they took good care of me uh, I got out of there I had to spend six months uh, uh, or six weeks at home and, until uh, all the uh, the galls whatever come off and, and you know the burn getting burned second third degree you you, you burn the, the nerve ending so i mean it, it hurts but then it don't hurt because they're burned up but uh after i healed up i had to go back to uab every uh, other week physical therapy to stretch all your skin you know or or you'll have limited mobility that actually hurt worse than uh than than the uh, accident I I am wow. not joking because they they'll grab your arms or whatever it is and and pull them things on up and Ooh. and uh, you know they, they have to for your own good, but, up burn. Golly. Oh yeah, it burns and you know you can't really see it burn because it's it, it, it you only see what's being burned you know and uh, it was but these uh nowadays we run the uh well the, the favorite motor now is the little predator engines from harbor freight which they come with a gas tank mounted on top but uh they're so cheesy they uh they remove remove the gas tank wow. and most of the fuel tanks are located actually uh right right on the floorboard uh under the steering wheel column uh between your knees so it's central uh-huh. you know it's kind of a hard place to get to but uh, the, the safer blanket, you know, I mean, that'd be extra added protection. Plus, it would, you know, keep the heat and sunlight and the elements off of it, too. Uh, yes. You know, I, I definitely, because... I definitely are going to recommend it because a lot of these guys have uh, custom aluminum tanks welded up, you know, to fit their go-kart. And, uh, you know, any, and you know, a rupture or anything could happen, uh, especially a violent wreck or a flip or whatever. Uh, yeah, because yeah, that's something to think about. Even something as small as a go-kart, you can yep. still get burned. And oh, with yeah. the fuel arrestor, the fuel arresters, I, I I look at it this way because I'm a salesman. Like I'm, well, I say I'm a salesman. I'm just good at selling stuff. I could sell ice to Eskimos. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and look, you find me some Eskimos, I might sell them some ice. But uh, <laughs> no, I'm just... 
<laughs> I, I love to tell jokes and joke around. But, Me like, too. like I just graduated recently from Kennesaw State University, which, which they had a three online professional selling course. And I graduated with three certificates on selling, which already helps my many years of retail sales experience. And one of the things I can tell you is, like, look at it as, and I can't remember who brought this up to me. I don't think it was my idea because I, I like to bring credit to people that come up with stuff. But anyways, whoever it was, it may have been me, I don't know. But I got to thinking, and this is one of my sales pitches that I give to people, is, uh, or safety pitches, I should say, is that the fuel arrestor, I look at it as like an insurance policy. It's an insurance policy because it's there if you it's there if you ever need it. You hope you never need it. You hope and pray to God you never need it. But it's there if you have it on your car. Like I, I, I like I I just don't it's a good price. Uh, I don't understand why people have such a hard time grasping on something like that that would save your life and like like an insurance policy like like if you have it in your car it's not going to get in the way it doesn't weigh hardly nothing it's not going to it's not going to slow your car down it's not going to help with performance it's there to keep you from getting burned cuz you heard Dave's story when he got burned by that methanol fuel you can't see it and this is a neat device is basically like like Robbie says cuz he invented it it's a it's a vest or a diaper that just fits around your fuel cell and it's just just an insurance policy is what it is because so many you just never know when something will happen like for instance I shared a video the other day on our Facebook on our Rice Safer Fuel Arrestor Facebook page and I shared a video and I had seen it before and shared it, but I had to reshare it because it was so new. It was from last season, I think it was. A sprint car race, and you know, and it yep. looked, and I don't know what kind of sprint car it was, but it looked like a 410 wing sprint car, and it yep, may have been a, right. a, a it may have been an Outlaw 360 for all I know. But anyway, it's a big sprint car, and you see him in the video. Somebody's panning around. They got on video, he and and they all of a sudden they look over and you hear the fans start screaming. And this sprint car rolls up and starts slowing down, and the sprint car is on fire. And mm-hmm. the driver, the fire engulfs the driver. He's on fire. And you see him literally jump out of the sprint car once it stops. And he's on fire. The flames are going up to his chest, and he's dancing. He's dancing, and safety crews aren't there yet. Another sprint car driver jumps out of his sprint car and starts jumping on this guy and starts beating him down and patting him to get the fire out. And finally, yep. you see the safety crews roll up, and they spraying the guy down. And I would love to interview the guy. I don't know who who his name was or the whole story, but you see that, and you and you think to yourself, "Wow, that's a pretty serious thing. I need to start taking this serious because you can't really, like you said, you can't see the fuel. It's it's an invisible, you know, it it hurt." Yep, that's right. You're exactly right. Yep. Yeah, the, some of these unlimiteds, uh, you know, like I said, they can run, you know, such big motors, and a lot of them run the uh, the Honda CR450F is real popular. It's the same uh, engine that comes on, uh, you know, like a Honda four-wheeler, and uh, these guys, uh, some of these tanks, custom tanks that they uh, build, you know, to hold fuel, they they build them to hold, you know, two 
two to two and a half gallons of fuel, which would only give you about twenty, maybe twenty-five minutes of runtime. And uh, and uh, wow! So you know you're carrying a lot of fuel if something ruptures. I mean, that two gallons of fuel, man, could burn burn a you know a Walmart down for sure. But, oh my gosh! But, Ooh, I've never thought about it like that. Yeah, Ooh, that's a lot of fuel. Yeah. yeah. We started our region in uh well we got it we got it started in twenty thirteen and then we went official officially started a series in twenty fourteen and, and and we recognized right off the bat that uh that you know uh the amount of fuel that they was carrying, the amount of fuel they was burning and then you know, you get a bunch of cautions and this, that and other and then you then you you know, you show you your good race and starts falling apart because guys are running out of fuel and stuff so we uh we used a local option for the Mississippi region, and uh, we went to a 15 lap, 15 minute time limit. Cause you know you're making laps at 12 or 15 seconds, and if you can't make 15 laps in 15 minutes, and then, then we're not racing anyway, you know. So right. that, that that really improved our program, and and you know made it a made it more of a, a quality show instead of you know a, a monkey circus for sure. Yeah. Wow! Yeah, that's interesting. You know, we're super big on uh, we we got uh, our motto has three words in it: it's sportsmanship, integrity, uh, and uh, camaraderie. I mean, the, the guys they they all get along and all that uh, on and off the track is is very important. Uh, them guys are and girls are are looked up and watched by all the little kids, just like you know, just like bigger than life heroes. Uh, the camaraderie. We all hang hang out. We go visit each other in the pits. We we don't like hide our machines or this that and other. We're very open and share ideas and look at each other's stuff. And uh, and then on the track, uh, it, it's it's real super important to uh, the sportsmanship. Even even more extreme because. You know, you you you're you're racing at super super high speeds, and there might be a guy or girl that's you know having a handling issue, and and uh, you know you're right there on him, and if if they uh if they get out of the throttle and you're on the throttle, you know the closing rate is just uh, and it happens before you know you can even get on the brakes. So uh, we, yeah. we try to give our competitors you know plenty of room uh, to race. And uh, and avoid contact, you know, with each other, you know, at all all possible costs, and and uh, you know, try to put on a good race. And it's just awesome when you can get, you know, twenty guys or so out there, and and you know, have a good green race, and and nobody gets hurt. Which we started unlimited all stars, you know, at them speeds and everything. And I was a race director, administrator, so I, I, I'm at the fence watching, you know, critiquing, uh, you know, to uh, help improve whatever or, you know, if issues come up and, you know, it, it, it increased my prayer life a hundredfold, you know, for, for everybody's <laughs> safety. Cause I, I was, you know, just I worried death somebody was going to get hurt and, you know, knock on wood and thank the Lord that, you know, nobody ever got seriously, real seriously injured, you know. But, and that's a that's another good thing good thing you brought up is prayer and racing because like I I try to you know when I was talking about the fuel racer I look at it as a safety net kind of like what uh, God is to me 
because I, I look to God for safety. I pray, you know, I put God first in everything I do. Without God, I wouldn't have nothing. I wouldn't be safe. I wouldn't be this. I wouldn't be here talking with you on this show, right. talking to Mr. Parker. So without God, that, and, and I like what you said, prayer, because prayer is key. That'll help a lot. Exactly, yep. And I, I'm, that's why I love dirt track racing because it's like, you know, I look, I can be depressed or whatever, and but I know there's a race coming Saturday. I got something to look forward to and see everybody and and gonna get that church service anyway because there's gonna be a you know there's gonna be a prayer. Gonna get to sing or, or stand for the national anthem. And like at the yeah. mag, Doctor Ro- uh, Robert Eaton, he holds a, a little oh, uh, sermon, you know, uh, before the race yes. and inspiring and all that. So. You know, I, I know God loves some good racing and sportsmanship, and cause, you know keeps keeps us all safe. And uh, that's right. And, you know, and and speaking of Doctor Eaton, he's somebody else who I think highly of. I've met him twice. Uh, I think it's twice, maybe three times. But anyways, I watched him preach when I was over at Magnolia that night that I called you, and I watched yeah. him preach, and he did a darn good. Uh, oh, and I and he calls it. Uh, Oh shoot! Uh, racing, what, what does he call it? Uh, uh, so, uh, something like some racing ministries or something. I can't. I don't know the exact. Uh, uh, yeah, what he calls it. But. Uh, but yeah, it's pretty good to watch him. Uh, hold up, I'm gonna look that up, uh, Robert. Because Miss Miss Teresa Little, do you know her? Uh huh. Yes, sir. Yep. So, so Miss Teresa talks highly of him, and uh, oh, what, Victory Lane Church. That's it, Victory that's Lane right. Church. Victory, Victory Lane. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and she talks highly of him all the time. Her and her husband David are good friends with him and Miss Sherry, and and she's like, oh, you got to meet Doctor Eaton, and she's like, he's just a nice, nice fellow. You ever want to meet and show us? I met him my first my first time ever at Colum- uh, Magnolia. I've only been there three times, but it was the first time last year, and I enjoyed it. He was a nice guy, and and then I loved watching watched him preach at Victory Lane Church. It was a message that spoke to me. I don't remember which one whether what it was about. It's been last month, I think it was, but but I enjoyed it, and and ain't no telling how many people at the racetrack get to hear about Jesus, something like that. You know? That's right. Exactly. Exactly right. Yep. Yep, whether they want so, to or not, don't didn't, didn't hurt them at all. <laughs> that, that's right. I mean, I try to tell people all the time about Jesus because I I put Jesus first on this podcast, of course. He's the reason why I have this podcast, and then and uh, I thank him, and of course, I got to thank the uh, the One Ten Nation Sports, which is Jason McMillan. Uh, thankfully for Jason, I wouldn't have this him and Chris Creighton with Race Chat Live. And Chris Craig yeah. is also the announcer. Why not Motorsports Park? So shout out to those two guys. They're great people. And, yeah, I like you know, Chris. Like Chris is a super good guy. He's he's a top of the line announcer. And yep. uh, you know, it, it doesn't hurt for people to hear about Jesus because I want to see people go to heaven. I don't want to see them go to hell. And racing, you know, racing's a, a good way, a good avenue to put Jesus out there. That's like Ron Southern. Somebody who Ron Southern's on the top of my list of people I think highly of, and he he does all my logos, and he's got Racing Towards Jesus Ministries, which is his ministry, and you look him up on Facebook, 
and then uh, he's good about praying with people, praying at the racetrack and stuff like that. And and you know, I, I don't want to see people go to hell. That's like getting burned. You think getting burned from a fuel fire is pretty bad. She's going to hell <laughs> ten times worse. <laughs> that'd, that'd be bad. Yeah, that's right. And that's you exactly know, right. like Alan, ja- uh, Alan Jackson's got a song. I'm a huge Alan Jackson fan, but he's got a song called "If Jesus Walked the World Today, He'd Probably Be a Hillbilly. He'd Probably Be a Common Man of Men and a Man of Many or King of Many." And yep. I, I get to thinking about that. And I said, "Dagum." If Jesus was alive today, he'd probably be just like a redneck like us. He'd be at the racetrack telling people about Jesus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> telling I'm people sure about would, God. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I mean, could, yeah. can you imagine? Can you imagine a race team? Uh, team JC, Team Jesus Christ, and you have his pit crew as the twelve disciples. <laughs> yeah, heck yeah. <laughs> oh right. man, yeah. that would be a hoot because you know how. Them disciples are hard to get along, and they be showing up hard to get along at the racetrack trying to change the tire. <laughs> yes, that's right. But you know, I I just love the racing, and uh, you know, everybody there. You know, I try to visit with as many folks as I can, and, and make new friends, and see everybody. And uh, you know, it's it's just, you know, it, it's a good time. You know, and usually, you know, don't. Don't don't stress out or whatever you know or worry and stuff. And you, you're talking about racing. You know everybody wants to win and and be a champion. And you know you you, you get you know you get your picture and you get a few minutes of, of you know of of celebration. You know for for all your blood, sweat, and tears and hard work. But at the same time, it, it's you know racing is probably one of the most humbling sports that they are. You know. Yes, I agree. You know, when you re- you realize, you know, you know, you know, you just can't, you can't, you can't put yourself up on, you know, on on high place and and brag and you know be the king because, you know, once you're up there on top, it's, it's easier to get to the top than stay up there because everybody is working trying, you know, to knock you off and. And they don't realize, you know, that it's it's not all, you know, celebrating and, and glory and stuff. Uh, you know, it's it's, it's you know it's, it's very humbling and uh, and and a lot of lot of so, work, you know, a lot of hard work, you know, to to get there. So I got two things real quick before I let you go. Is one of the things? Uh, what is your number one, or what are your safety checks, or your number one thing you do in safety in a go kart or big car? All right, well, in go karts, we we do things different, uh, you know, than your car races for sure. Uh, you know, a lot of people you mentioned, you know, go kart racing like we do, it's it's not mainstream TV, you know, and don't get all the the accolades and recognition like cars as much. Uh, and a lot of folks, when you mention go karts, first thing pops in their mind is is a yard cart, you know, or a fun cart. These, but these are you know purpose built racing chassis, uh, just like your car, and uh, it it'll, it'll kind of like freak people out when you tell them that a go kart is is the most technically challenging uh, type of motorsports, uh, except for F Formula F1. Uh, the go-kart has, you know, the chassis flex is uh, very little. The only suspension you have is the air in your tires and uh, whatever the spring rate is on your uh, uh, sidewalls of the tires. 
So uh, I mean, you know, you're up, and of course, it's very, you know, go karts is is tires set up, tires, tires, and tires. But uh, what we do different than uh, what you see at car races is when everybody gets at the track, whatever they have to uh, put the cart on a buggy or whatever, <clears> and they have to bring it to a uh, pre-race inspection station where we'll have guys, girls that goes over it, make sure that all the little locking devices are on there, the the, the safety pins, wires, uh, brake rotors wired up, everything on it is safe. Uh, you have to bring your personal racing gear there. You have to show us your uh, neck brace, gloves, fire suit, and you have to wear clo- uh, closed-toe shoes. And your helmet can't be damaged or cracked, and uh, like no older than uh, five years, five years old. So we do a pre-race uh, safety inspection on it, and then we put like a little old, uh, like a little colored label on there, so that we know. And then uh, post-race is uh, usually an inspection would be uh, just to check legality of the engine and uh, to correct weight, you know, for your classes, but. So you very I've never seen a, a car race get except for one race all American 60 in Jackson where they done a, a pre-race uh, tech and measured and checked everything uh, for the factory stocks uh, down there but you don't hardly never see them you know go to a scale house or or, or guys go all over cars you know you could you could have a homemade row cage out of pixie straws and super glue and no one would know it you know, <laughs> but yeah but and and believe it or not, there, there's people out there that have cages in their cars, and it it looks like it looks like some redneck went out there with gorilla glue and duct tape. And said, let's let's go. <laughs> I've I've seen I've seen many of them. I've seen row cages built out of Jim Dandy swing set tubing before, you know, and, and gorilla <laughs> welds would you know look like a dirt dauber and got got a weld a little bit here and there, and uh, and you know convinced me right about like you know. You know, Lord got angels looking out for the ones that just they just don't know. You know, or, wow. You know, just, you know that roll cage, so, it's great and all, as long as y'all, you know, it, it don't matter if it's made out of air, as long as y'all on your four tires and, and don't get run over hard. But uh, you know, if you go to rolling whatever, that's that's the reason that it's there. And you know, the world's a dangerous place, and what we do is even more dangerous. So I mean, the only way to do it is do it as safely as possible. You know. Yeah, well, that's that's good. Um, so one more thing before I let you go, uh, do you want to shout any sponsors out? Any anybody you want to mention that helps you, your son's team and all that? <clears throat> yeah, uh, my son, my son and nephew and uh, my grand nephew and brother in law, we we all uh, race out of the same shop and uh, our main sponsor uh, over the last uh, four or five years has been S and J uh, Autos. Auto sales and salvage located in Aberdeen. I mean, they've they've been our primary sponsor and, and really helped Cody and my nephew and Brandon and and out and kept kept them in you know good equipment and and everything. So you know we try to run hard and represent them well and you know and give them shout outs and and then our uh, very first sponsor, uh, CMS Sales and Service or. Aberdeen uh, Bad Boy Mowers uh, Dealer and Small Engines. And uh, they've been with us huge since day one. Um, and we got a couple more. We got MC Construction. They do uh, barns and metal buildings. Uh, 
sway trucking, black magic suspension, uh, Jay Dickens racing engines. Yeah. There's just so many people that's involved, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a huge team. It's a huge team effort for sure. And, and, uh, you know, we could, we couldn't do it without, without everybody helping and supporting us for sure. Well, that's great. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate you calling on, calling in. I saw Mr. Parker listen for quite a while and he just got off from listening, but thank you, Donald Parker for staying on and listening. Um, and, I'll, I'll be glad to bring y'all on anytime y'all want to come on. I do, I'm going to do this every Thursday at 7. Try to go an hour. If I go over an hour, I'm not going to go two hours, I can tell you that, because you'll lose uh, viewership, whatever. But, Viewers, yep. Uh, yep. Yeah. Keep it kind of yeah, under I, two hours. So. Yeah. I th- I scheduled me one uh, for tomorrow night or tomorrow evening uh, for one hour, and I'm just going to jump on there before the weekend to go. Uh, get the word out on some racing that's coming up because uh, uh, we're racing go-karts at, at, at the Mini Mag, which is located inside of the, the Magnolia uh, racing facility. I'm sure you saw the little track when you was there. Yes. So we're ra- we're racing carts uh, at Magnolia uh, Motor Speedway Saturday. And then Saturday night, uh, the cars will be in action at uh, Mississippi's oldest dirt track, Columbus Speedway, on the high banks of the baddest bull ring in the south. So I'm going to get the word out, you know, for them. And then plus uh, 21st, I think, or whatever, uh, we got a big race at, at uh, back at the MAG. I think it's the Governor's Cup, I believe. And then that, that leads Ooh. us to Cotton Picking 100 coming up, I think, in October or whatever, maybe. So, mm-hmm. you yeah, know, the Cotton Picking, yeah, that's couple. a big race. Yeah, I know. I think Columbus Speedway still has six or seven races scheduled. They, they've been like uh, some other tracks. Every time the weekend came, you know, they, they, the weather had, has put them way behind. But, you know, it's a, it's a good track. It's got good clay on it. And uh, it, it, if you got if you got a weak, weak link on your car or whatever, it, it'll find it there because you can put the power down at Columbus uh, Speedway on that track. Yeah, I've got, I've got to go to that one. Yeah, I've definitely got to go to that one. And I've been well, that's I've cool. been rolling around at, in in that dirt since 1969 at Columbus Speedway with with my father and my uncles and all that that raced back in the day. <clears throat> well, you know, one thing I'm I'm glad we became friends because you're like Robbie, like you and Robbie go way back. You and Robbie would love talking racing. Uh, I was hoping he was going to get to call in for the show. It doesn't look like he's going to get to make it. But um, get y'all together talk racing and whatnot because he's been around as long as you have. His dad raced sprint cars in the 70s, and then he got into racing in the 80s and did it. <clears throat> and then and then he raced up until just a few years ago, and he can't race now because he's got to have back surgery. His, uh, his back bothers him too much now to do it. But uh, if he could, he'd be driving a street stock or a non-wing sprint car. But, yeah, uh, I'm definitely going to get y'all in touch with each other one day on the show. And uh, But I appreciate you calling in. And send me your link for tomorrow so I can do my best to listen to your show because I want to – people that support me, I want to support them. So. <clears throat> Ten four, I'll do it. I sure will. All right, well, thank you for coming on the show. It was great. I enjoyed it.
Man, I did too, Jared, and uh, I'll be talking to you soon, buddy. All right, see you later. All right, buddy, appreciate it. Bye-bye. Cool. All right, that was Dave Chisholm. His son races at Magnolia Motor Speedway, and then also Dave races go-karts, as you heard. And Ooh, he loves his racing. You can tell it, brother. Uh, he knows his stuff. He's been around the business a long time, like he said, since 69 at uh, – Columbus, so yeah, that was cool. Let's see. Uh, I think we got another caller calling in. Let me see who this is. Uh, let me see who we got here. <clears throat> Somebody's on hold. Hello. Hello there. What's going on? You know, um, I was just calling up. Um, I don't know if you've uh, been on some of these online um, sports betting websites. Okay. I'm wondering because, um, you know, some of these, I really didn't mind the sports betting at first. I know there were some advertisements on TV, and I was fine with that. There's nothing wrong with that. I understand everyone has to make a buck. But, you know, I went on one of these uh, websites today, and I see a bet. Will Dale Earnhardt Jr., crash and die. Is that not fucked up? Yeah. I mean, what, so, what is up with that? So who is who is this uh, I'm speaking with? Uh, sorry, my name's Dale. Also Dale. <laughs> oh, okay. And I'm calling out of Miami right now. Oh, okay, cool. So how did you hear about my podcast? I was on Blog Talk Radio. And uh, I'm trying to find about uh, you know NASCAR shows. Oh, okay. Well, that's cool. Okay. Well, that's cool. You find out. Um, I tell you, a good NASCAR well, show to listen to is Chris Creighton, who's also help helping me produce here. Some he's not able to tonight, but Chris Creighton has a NASCAR show called Race Chat Live, and he does it every Tuesday night. And it's great because he's got uh, Taz Taylor and Lee Reed with him on there, and a few others. Right on. And they talk they talk NASCAR, and I love NASCAR myself, so it, it, it's right it's a great show to listen to. <clears throat> oh, also, I I really appreciate that. Um, one question for you: What type of racing are you into? So I do. Uh, I like all racing really, but mostly uh, local asphalt racing and dirt track racing. I'm usually at a dirt track race every weekend because there you go. I, volu- I volunteer for the Southern Dirt Track Report, and so I video the races for my buddy Artie, and right I video on. dirt races, and it's pretty cool. And then I try not to miss a race every weekend. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, I, pre- I really appreciate you answering that question. Um, I'm not going to waste any yes, more sir. of your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Well, thank you for... Thanks for calling in, and uh, I appreciate you. God loves you, my man. All right. Take care. You as well. See you. Have a good night. Wow. That was cool. I was not expecting that. Thank you for calling in. Uh, That was neat. I had no idea that somebody would find my show like that. That's cool. Uh, God's great. Thank you for calling in. Dale, I think was his name. Pretty, pretty cool. So Blog Talk Radio, man, has apparently got a lot of people that listen. So I don't know how many people. I'll find out from Jason. Uh, I'll have to ask him how many people tuned in the show. 
But I'm fixing to end the show here. Uh, kind of, it's 8:36, so we're gonna have about an hour and 30 minutes. Don't want to go over. Uh, so before I go, I'm going to read you three Bible verses. <clears throat> and uh, let's see. All right, and let me go in here to RaceAirFuelRacerLLC.com. So, all right, so I'm on our website, RaceAirFuelRacerLLC. I'm going to read this, uh, of course, two Bible verses. Off, uh, that's our Fuel Rester Bible verse. Of course, our logo, Ron Southern Made, says, We got you covered. Uh, and the verse is Psalms 4-8, In peace I will lie down and sleep, for you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. Pretty cool. That's an awesome verse for safety. Uh, I found that verse one day. was just searching the Internet, trying to find verses that would have to do with safety. And I said, man, that's awesome. So we put that on the logo. And then, of course, Miss Tina found this one. I'm going to read you this one. This is awesome. I love this verse. I believe this is the NIV version. I I read the King James. It's my favorite, but I love the NIV, too. And this says, Isaiah 43.2, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they will not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched, nor will the flame burn you. Wow. I'm glad she found that verse, because that fits the fuel arrestor perfectly. It, you know, like I was telling um, Dave earlier about the safety net. You know, God, God's my safety net. You know, so just like the fuel arrestor safety net for all you drivers out there. So take fuel, fuel safety serious. And the last verse I'm going to read before I get up the show. And let me go through here. I've got the official Bible app where I save pictures, which is pretty cool. And this is an awesome verse. Uh, it has to do with racing. So I added this as the official verse for the racing part of the podcast. It says, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace, Acts 20, 24. That is awesome. I'm going to run my race, finish it, and tell everybody about Jesus. So thank you all for tuning in to this podcast. I know I went a little bit over, but hey, it's okay. I'm having a great day. God's good. So um, thank you all for tuning in. Thank you, Donald Parker. Thank you, Dave Chisholm, for tuning in. And maybe next week we can get Robbie on the show. If you want to be a guest on the show, you let me know. And the number to call in for the guest call in is 718-664-9861. And so, and I'm going to find me a find me a different song. I'm going to play this to end the show. Cody Hicks one more time. Left turn, great song about dirt track racing. Go on YouTube. Uh, you can buy the song off of Amazon Music. Buy a CD from Cody. Uh, great, great music. So we'll see you all later.
Lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.